0: i <laughs> Hello, 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 welcome to another episode of SG Explained. We are here for a food episode, so get your stomachs growling because uh, we're going to be going into some really, really tasty anecdotes. But before, Elliot, how have you been? I
1: think good, my dude. We actually saw each other just yesterday, so yes. <laughs> I'm pretty happy about that. You see today, I'm like just chilling at home. For you guys who uh I catch us on TikTok since we're posting
0: some of these clips. Oh, I'm not recording the video today, actually. No. <laughs> (laughs) We can, we can No, it's okay (laughs)
1: I'm good Just imagine me wearing like my muscle singlet Trying to act all macho I thought it'd be a good thing to to wear it Because uh, our topic today is gonna be pretty spicy and hot I think
0: (laughs) I like that We were basically recording our collab episode with the financial coconut we've been trying to you know talk to other people in the podcasting scene and so we're actually doing a guest swap with them in a couple of weeks you know stay tuned we're going to be doing an episode where Reggie from the financial coconut comes on to our show to talk about a finance related topic so you know stay tuned we haven't really done many finance topics
1: for very good reasons (laughs) Uh, why we don't do these financial topics it's because well you on one hand I think you're very well educated in Economics and finance But I On the other (laughs) hand
0: (laughs) We can't assume That everyone knows You know The one-on-one on finance You, You have to remember That in season one where most of our finance episodes tend to sit Was uh, with Willy, right? Yeah, and Willie true. was <laughs> the knowledgeable one And I was just there as a fresh grad Who didn't understand anything about money Being like, teach me <laughs> how to do things
1: We're going to be talking about something A little more rumbly in the tummy It's going to
0: be on Nasi Lama I love our food episodes They're so fun to do they tend to be a bit shorter, which makes editing <laughs> easier. We focus a bit more on the stories rather than all the deep stuff.
1: Not to say nasi is not a complex and uh, intricate dish. Romy and I are, are quite foodies. Lah. So we're going to talk a little bit about our sports. You guys might, you know, have your own opinions and we'd love to hear from you guys. Uh, always, always open up to
0: drop us messages. Let us know some of your favourite hangs. For maybe our international listeners or those who have not eaten proper Singaporean food, you may be asking, what is nasi lemak? Well, nasi lemak is a dish that comprises of rice made fragrant with coconut cream and pandan leaves, and it is a light meal that is believed to be Malayan origin. It is traditionally accompanied by... An assortment of ingredients, normally fried anchovies or uh, what is called ikan bili, sliced cucumbers, fried fish known as ikan salah, and a sweet chili sauce or sambal. Uh, of course, there are modern day variations, which we'll talk about later, where you have an extensive array of a lot more side dishes that you can normally mix and match as well. The word nasi Lama, actually is very straightforward right if if we were to translate it nasi is
1: basically like rice most of the time and then lemak refers to the coconut and hence the, the name comes together
0: well lemak means fat in oh, malay yeah, basically it's fat rice uh, and the reason for that is because of the coconut which is very rich
1: that's right. That's right. So, in in essence, when you look at it, it's just telling you the rice base of of the dish itself, not not essentially like all the ingredients that go into it. So, when we look at modern day variations within this episode, we'll kind of see like what we have to offer, right? Like Singapore's array and variety, whether it's in your traditional hawker centres or, you know, packaged nicely in a $20 bundle, there's a lot to choose from. Lemak usually refers to as Rovit you mentioned, like rice cooked in coconut milk. Uh, the rice is usually like slightly salted and made fragrant with knots of pandan leaves. So you'll notice that if you go to like some hawker centres or even like those wet markets that have an attached eating area uh, to it, you will see that they're always folding pandan leaves in the morning to kind of like steam it with said rice it's supposedly the ordinary man's breakfast and i, I know i'm an ordinary man i <laughs> do have this for breakfast uh traditionally served with fried fish uh which we mentioned as ikan sala kuning so kuning is like the small fish uh, so generally they're not frying like the huge ones first and of course the ikan bilis the the anchovies are very nice nicely light salted uh, with that, and usually serve, uh mixed in with some of the sambal at times. We also know that they have kangkong which is the water spinach and a dollop of sambal that you know the chilli paste. The fish is fried so crisp that it usually can be eaten whole and that's how it's meant to be. So like the whole head the tail you can just kind of like smash it up. Yeah, no waste. No waste, no waste. If you look at old school styles of like packaging it it's usually wrapped in like pandan leaves themselves. A hey, biodegradable <laughs> packaging okay, you know like big ups for that. <laughs> um, nowadays is the anchovies are also fried with like the salted peanuts, the dish topped with thin slices of cucumber, and uh, mostly they have like a telo, like the fried egg to go along with it. Or sometimes if they want like a boiled egg that like they split in half. The rice and all its condiments are you know, and the side dishes are kept warm in a banana leaf, folded into this like conical packet. So it looks a bit like uh my I used to call it like pyramid shaped. So I'll say I want to buy the green pyramid, like when I was a four-year-old kid. I would tell my grandma I want the green pyramid, and then she's like, That's Nasalama. And I always thought it was cool, like it looked like Nothing else that was being sold at the hawker centre. Now, the sambal in the dish is usually like the signature condiment, right? There's they usually serve it as like sometimes a mainstay as part of the dish. Malays prefer their rice with like sambal ikan bilis, so chili paste kind of mixed with the anchovies, or this thing called sambal tumis which is like the fried chilli paste the sama is like a combination of like dried chilies, shallots garlic and blachan or or shrimp paste that's what gives it all like the fragrance and sometimes even with like sliced lemongrass inside so they usually fry it with the sarai. the sugar and tamarind actually gives the chilli sauce like a sweet and tangy taste so it really is quite a delicate balance and no two places tend to have the same of course unless it's like OEM delivered or something but generally speaking the ones that I follow and the ones that have a lot of popularity uh, they take a lot of pride in their sambal. It becomes like a talking point and a sell point for some of these shops. Like I mentioned, the rice is traditionally steamed because it's cooked over a hot fire and the coconut milk can easily burn. So this is not like a super simple process, at least traditionally speaking. Modern cooks use like the rice cooker and replace the water instead of steaming with water uh, with the coconut milk instead. Some secrets to making good nasi lemak include cooking the rice partially the night before, then adding the coconut milk and pandan leaves the following morning to complete the cooking process.
0: I like how the research said some secrets
1: and then... And then they shared it. Yeah, <laughs> It used to be a very big deal, honestly. And this is not just true for Malay cooking. I've done my research on fried rice across the world, uh, hoping that someday it will come in useful. Actually, uh, think Thai pho. They do the same thing. They always partially cook their rice the night before. And in the day, in order to keep that fluffiness when they fry the egg, uh, it's cooked to completion only in the Serving process. That's pretty interesting stuff. So this dish remains one of the cheapest meals offered in local food courts and hawker centres. While many stalls sell the dish as a set meal for like, you know, the basic accompaniments, and others offer a wide variety of side dishes that can be added to the order. True enough, you know, you can actually still find, I know a lot of places that still sell $1.50 nasi lemak.
0: That to me is still such a surprising feature of our food culture, right? That you can still go early in the morning even and they'll have all these like small pyramids as you said right either with uh, pandan leaf or even with like a paper wrap yeah it's like dollars, and it's rice lots of chili maybe some ikan bilis and if it's value for money they'll give you the ikan kuning and uh, a lot of people especially the older generation that have gotten used to just having that for breakfast i tell you who enjoys this the most okay if you ever been on a production
1: set filming right Nothing makes a production assistant's life happier than saying, hey, we're only buying this nasi lemak for lunch because it reduces the budget by so <laughs> much. I've been on so many sets, right? Where it's like, hey, what's for lunch? Oh, we're having nasi lemak. And then you're like, yeah. $2 oh, no, nasi,
0: lemak. Yeah. $2 nasi lemak. It's so good. Places are competing either on the rice, the sambal, maybe even the ingredients, like mostly the the chicken. I think the Nasi Lemak competitive space is definitely intriguing and we'll talk about some of the key players later on in Singapore. But before we do that, as with every SGX episode that has a historical element to it, we are going to go into the Singapore time machine and go back into the past and to find out Actually, when did Nasilamak start? A couple of caveats. The first being, it's very easy to fall into the Malaysia-Singapore kind of debate. Like, where did Nasi Lemak come from? And, you know, which is better? And all this kind of stuff. I think it's important to remember that in the days when Nasilamak was being developed, even the concept of Malaysia and Singapore was, wasn't there yet, right? Like, we were basically all on this part of Southeast Asia, the greater Malayan archipelago, and people were just kind of eating and trading and all this kind of stuff. If you don't know about that, go check out the pre-colonial Singapore episode. And and so the food started in the region. And then, of course, as developments happened, as Singapore became its own country and Malaysia became its own country, then Nasi Lamak also evolved separately in both of these areas. But broadly, we share a cultural history and Naj Arifin who is a heritage historian and founder of the non-profit organization Nusantara Academy of Development Geocultures and Ethnolinguistics has an interesting unique view of Nasilamak's origin based on his research hmm. so the story goes and this one I never knew right the story goes that long long time ago in a small village in the state of Malacca lived a widow and her daughter Sari forced to go out to work after the death of her husband, the widow left the cooking up to her daughter. And then one day, Sari accidentally spilled coconut milk into the boiling pot of rice. When her mother returned home and tasted the fragrant rice, she said to her daughter, Apa kau Sari? What did you cook? She replied, Nasi lah, mak right? Where mak means mother and nasila is just a way of saying like nasila. And then they were like, oh, so nasila mak. (laughs) This was like in a couple of different sites. It's like a common mythology to, to the story of nasila mak. Arifin's theory does not stop there. Based on my research, he says, the development of the dish to what is considered a typical Malaysian nasila mak had its origins on the west coast of Malaysia. The East Coast has its own signature traditional rice dishes with prominent, distinct flavors and accompaniments such as Nasi Dagang and Nasi Karabu. It's iconic West Malaysian in origin. There's a story of someone just saying Nasi Lemak, right? (laughs) And it's funny, right? It's a nice, like story that you can tell because i love nasi
1: dagang like in general it's like the curried version with like fish as well right like i i love that
0: stuff we just gotta appreciate that actually there's a lot of cool dishes being developed back Mm -hmm. in the time (laughs) so it was believed that when the malay local malay community resided by the seafront they had ready availability of ingredients such as coconut and so the flavorful outcome of adding it to rice was a very natural innovation for them and side dishes that they added came from, again, the village's natural resources. It's very much the story of, like, village culture and village food, right? Kangkong was plucked from the garden and anchovies were harvested from the sea. Others suggested that packets of rice wrapped in banana leaves were brought to paddy fields for working farmers to consume. And so it just became a very natural way for, for nasi lemak to kind of become a popularized dish. Currently, it's very commonly sold in transient, Roadside stalls are even from vans. It's not eaten just for breakfast, like we talked about, but also throughout the day, right? In fact, some of the heavier versions of Nasi Lemak, I don't think I could ever have for breakfast. It was first recorded in a book called The Circumstances of Malay Life, which was written by Sir Richard Olaf Winstead in 1909. With roots in Malay culture and Malay cuisine, its name in Malay literally means fatty rice but it's taken in this context to mean rich or creamy so this this was all recorded within the book it also appeared in a newspaper article dated in 1935 which noted that the dish was available at the kuala lumpur malay market at kampung baru so you can start to see you know nasi lemak is starting to enter the mainstream consciousness it's starting to become more and more popular after world war Two. The dish was further popularized as a worker's meal by those who feasted on the hearty plate for breakfast. On their plates was the creamy rice, fried fish, or even fried prawns and kangkong. In the 1970s, nasi lemak for breakfast became such a thing as it was neatly packed in banana leaves and sold as cheap as 30 cents. <laughs> and they were often sold door to door by traveling vendors who had a portion rice wrapped in banana leaves.
1: E, hey, that means right? Inflation has really not affected it that much if you think about it, right? Like I swear 30 cents is probably the same as what we would view like a dollar fifty, two dollars today. I'm gonna do a Singapore like inflation calculator right now, and it's gonna be hilarious. In the nineteen seventies, and let's compare it to say 2019. So thirty cents in 1970 will be equivalent to about a dollar twenty four in 2019, which is the latest we can get for for a inflation calculator, right? Price hasn't increased too much. Then we stayed within a very strict boundary of things. Uh, just an amazing food
0: for thought, so to speak. I enjoyed. This idea of like that iconic banana leaf or pandan leaf pyramid, right? Where you are able to just have all your dishes in it. It's so simple. It can go for so cheap. And it's, and I guess that's why it became so mainstream, right? Because it was such an easy way to get your calories in very quickly. I will also say we tend to be so okay with it as a breakfast meal. But I remember when my friends <laughs> from the US were in town and I took them to Changi village to eat breakfast, they were expecting either like a cold breakfast, like a cold sandwich, or like coffee and maybe some croissant. But here I am giving them not just a rice dish, but rice with like fried stuff and chili. And they were like, are you sure this is breakfast? And I was like... Yes, <laughs> you mm-hmm. have to have this. Yeah, it's always very surprising because like even in places like Toast
1: Box, right? Let's just, let's just talk about Toast Box for a moment. Yeah, they have your really simple like Kaya Toast breakfast, but we also try to serve things like Mirabu's, you know, like yeah. it's a very regular item. So Singaporeans, I don't think we are very like adverse to having like a slightly heavier breakfast. But what I will say is that uh, just thinking about some of the most common dishes that we eat and become popularized, it was, as you mentioned, it's about calorie intake. Like how can we fill ourselves up within a very simple, and economic dish. Cool. So that's like a brief dip into the time capsule of, you know, the origins of Nasilama. Right now, we're going to talk about some of the variations that we have in the region at the very least. In places like Kuala Tringganu, which is essentially one of the city-states in Malaysia, local chef Billy Chua combined Chinese fried rice, your traditional nasi goreng with nasi lemak to create this thing called nasi lemak goreng, a <laughs> dish he invented as a teenager. Obviously. I mean, the naming, very conventional, I suppose. States on the east coast of the peninsula, Malaysia, uh, such as Kelantan and Trangganu, also have a similar dish known as nasi dagang, which we were mentioning earlier, right? So nasi dagang is usually a curry base on top of the rice. Nasi lemak, you can think of it as a rather drier, much drier dish because the only thing that makes it wet is usually the sambal. But this one is kind of like uh, drenching it a a little bit in fish curry in particular. And the fish isn't like a whole fish, which is fried. Uh, Usually they have a cross section of like a much bigger fish. So it's a very different style. Uh, The coconut rice is a mixture of normal grain and this thing called pulut, uh, also known as like glutinous rice, right? Uh, Which is then steamed with halma, uh, an aromatic seed spice, also known as fenugreek seeds. Okay. Uh, There are also onions and ginger that are kind of like put into the mix. It is eaten with ikan tongkol, which is the the tuna fish I was mentioning, like much bigger fish. And nowadays, it's not always tuna. I understood that based on the wet market that I go to at Marine Parade, they don't use tuna fish uh, for some reason. And it moves on to like yellowtail and stuff like that. La. Just variations of what is catch of the day. And also, sometimes, you know, you just can't be picky. Uh, as long as it's a much bigger freshwater fish, you're generally in the right, in the right park. And nowadays, we wouldn't see it with things like chicken curry to go along with it. So uh, chicken becomes this thing that I think is a bit more modern la, since we thought about the history of it. Indonesia also has its nasi guri and nasi kuning which are cooked for special occasions and festivities now while both are cooked with coconut milk uh, the addition of spices lemongrass and turmeric to the latter imparts a fragrance and distinct yellow color to the Nisa- uh, to the nissan kuning no. <laughs> the new model is it we'll, we'll keep this part in we'll keep this part in the nasi kuning <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, i think
0: it's really interesting to see like adaptation i feel like a lot of it has to do with that specific region that specific locality and what was common or, or favorite back then right and that applies to Singapore as well so we're going to take a short break and when we come back from the break we're going to talk about then what is the variation like in Singapore right what is unique about Singaporean Nasi Lemak if at all and what are some of the famous Singaporean Nasi Lemak stalls because what would a Nasi Lemak episode be if we didn't talk about our favorite wrecks so stay tuned for our short break we'll be back very soon. we're glad you're listening to this episode and are part of the SG Explainers community. You're special because you're part of a group of people who are joining us to understand the Singaporean identity through a wide variety of topics. Ali and I do this completely out of passion, but we do incur costs to use software, equipment, and not to mention the time spent. We're hoping that you may consider supporting the SG Explain effort in one of two ways. If you click on the podcast description of the podcast you're listening to, you'll see a link that says support this podcast with a link to anchor.fm slash sg-explain slash support, a contribution as small as 99 cents when added up by all our community members can go a long way for us. The second way is that if you want more bonus content for your buck, we've launched an email newsletter. That's right, all the content that doesn't make it to the podcast, including our own perspectives, videos, and pictures, as well as links to more resources can be found in these email digests that provide compact information for your on-the-go reading. For $5 U.S. a month, basically the cost of a bubble tea, through Substack, you can get a digest a week with great content. The internet has allowed... You, the consumer, to directly express your support to creators like us without needing to depend on brand sponsors too much. We hope you can give whatever you feel comfortable with. Here at SG Explain, Elliot and I are committed to getting great guests, conducting thorough research and bringing you quality explainers on all things Singaporean. Thank you for being part of our community. Well, we hope that you may have had a chance to grab your nasi lemak uh, during the break because we are going to be talking about a local variation of nasi lemak in Singapore. In Singapore, while the rice is traditionally cooked with coconut milk, there are variants that include the addition of garlic, shallots, a small cut of ginger, and at least two stalks of lemongrass added into the cooking rice, which is said to enhance the sweetness and fragrant flavors of the rice since the 1980s the dish has gradually evolved to include a greater variety of accompaniments i guess that's the singaporean aspect of it we just like to lump more stuff together besides the standard anchovies chili sauce and cucumber slices this range of side dishes is as varied as a soul holder's imagination you can literally put anything you want for example you have rendang, which is a local curry normally made with beef there's fried chicken wings Ota, which is a barbecued fish paste. And I will say, actually, all three of those are some of my favorite <laughs> accompaniments <laughs> to add to Nasi lemak. Sometimes you have achar, which is pickled vegetables and long beans. And most of these accompaniments tend to be spicy in nature. The Nasi lemak is... Always often like a sweet, spicy kind of dish. What's your favorite accompaniment, Elliot? I actually like chicken cutlets nowadays. Ooh. Okay, so
1: yeah, so they have these like fried chicken cutlets. Later, when I mention my favorite stalls, you'll, you'll see why. I'm actually a sucker for like ikan bilis, like the most, right? Because ikan bilis is the one in most abundance, <laughs> meaning that, you know, you can eat it with literally every bite of rice. From start to end, I, I put a lot of emphasis in making sure that the ikan is crispy, you know, like, I, I, there are I sometimes it's very soft,
0: not my favorite, and it's salty too, so... We'll talk a bit about the uh, health implications of all of that. <laughs> we will, we
1: will. I know, it's it's so weird that we're telling people about like, hey, check out all these great things you can eat, and then we've dedicated a
0: section after this Well, <laughs> I'll explain a little bit about the health. We have to, it's our responsibility. The other unique thing about Singaporean Nasi Lamak is that the sambal is normally less spicy. So if you like it more spicy, you have to go up to Malaysia or find a Malaysian kind of Nasi Lamak variety. But it's less spicy. In fact, uh, the owner of Selara Nasi Lamak, which is the Nasi Lamak stall in Adam Road food center, Mr. Abdul Malik bin Hassan, he basically said Singapore started off with the same spicy sambal used in Malaysia. But he realized that tourists who visited his store did not dare touch his sambal. They took the feedback and basically adjusted the sambal so it was sweeter and less spicy. And because Mr. Abdul Malik knows how important the chili is for nasi lemak, he said, having nasi lemak without the chili is like the body without the soul. You must have the soul inside to move the food. (laughs) Poetic, poetic, Mr. Abdul Malik. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I guess that speaks to the fact that Singapore is such a tourist destination that it influenced even our sambal. I guess at Singaporeans we have the best of both worlds. If you want that you know, sweeter, less spicy one you can go for touristy types of Nasi Lemak but if you want the spicy original format then, you know, just find a Malaysian nasi lemak. Nasi lemak has
1: been a pretty contentious thing from time to time.
0: You know, I was just reflecting on our past food episodes, right? Because we did laksa, which is a bit of like Chinese Malay. We did chicken rice, which is very clearly Hainanese. We did prata, which is like... Indian Malay. Yeah, mostly Indian, a bit of Malay influence. But nasi lemak is quintessentially a Malay dish. Mr. Abdul Malik, the the (laughs) owner of Selera nasi lemak, said that the dish helps him to connect with his Malay community at large. And he shared that Though Nasilamak has always been food associated with the Malay community, it has also become part of wider culture in Singapore. Like, I love Nasi Lemak as an Indian dude. You love Nasi Lemak as a Chinese dude. I love Nasi Lemak, dude. I cannot tell you how much I love Nasi Lemak. It's probably one of those dishes where when I come back, I have to have it. Like a pregnant person,
1: right? Sometimes I have these weird 3am cravings and I can tell you that it's never McDonald's, okay? It's always (laughs) Nasi Lemak or Prata. It's either one of
0: these two. I feel that and I'm
1: sure a lot of our audience does too. I just have this quick tip that I want to share with people since... We're not sharing like the like our favorite spots yet, but there's this place at Chai Chi, right, that I used to do my laundry at, okay? And when I did my laundry every like two and a half to three hours, I would eat two packets of nasilamak, right? Cause like uh. this is like two, I would do my, my laundry at night. I'm, I'm a night owl kind of guy. So two AM I go to the laundromat, no the one's there, wash my clothes, sit by the coffee shop, they would have the one fifty conical shaped nasilamak in packets. I would buy two, sit down and just eat through for like three hours and then I'm like done. It's always <laughs> the thing I do.
0: Well, while the nasilamak is essentially a malay dish we'll never take that away from the dish the chinese also have adapted it right and basically the adaptation is to you know include non-halal dishes such as luncheon meat or to change the type of rice so chinese version uses thai jasmine rice whereas the traditional malay version tends to use local malay rice the chili for chinese nasi lemak also tends to be even sweeter than the Singaporean average. So if you want, like, sweet, you have the Singaporean average, and then if you want even sweeter, you have the Chinese version of nasi lemak. It's very common, actually, to see a lot of these...
1: um economical rice stores, right, serve a variation of nasi lemak, essentially. Uh, while the rice, I think they are using a very particular kind of, they, they call it Malay rice in this sense, but I always find that they tend to not be as lemaky, as, as the way I would describe it, right? It doesn't have that rich coconut sweetness in the rice itself and it tries to compensate with these other condiments on the side. Uh, so, if you ever wanted to try like a variation, like, where is a good place to even start finding Chinese versions of nasi lemak, just go to an econ rice store, like Hup Lee being one of the more famous trains.
0: that's cool i didn't know that too so in singapore we basically innovated as well fads have sprung up locally for a younger generation that is more open and receptive towards food innovation so in 2017 mcdonald's as a very key example started selling the nasi lemak burger it was so popular it sold out in two weeks i remember they did a comeback there were so many other places that tried to adapt nasi lemak for stuff as well so you had other nasi lemak burgers you had nasi lemak pizza nasi lemak cakes and even nasi lemak, ice cream. I would not know how that tastes like. It's coconut ice cream. I'm gonna, I'm gonna cut your dream right now. It's coconut oh, ice cream, bro. Just but it was, it was
1: such a big hoo-ha because the moment McDonald's like, hey, yo, we're going to have this Nasi lemak burger in store. Uh, I remember because we have a lot of friends up in Malaysia from the YouTube scene, right, Rovik, who mm-hmm. are big fans of this place called My Burger Lab. I've always wanted to try them. I've never
0: oh, gotten an opportunity. It is to. an
1: insane space. Insane space. And they have a classic, even before McDonald's came up with it, like a traditional Nasi burger. So it became this like Instagram war. I put war in the word of commerce where everyone was like, hey, my Nasi burger is better than yours, right? It became this fun feud that we had between like the border.
0: <laughs> I love that too. And Nasi has just become so widely adopted now. You can find it in hotels, cafes, coffee shops, food courts, hawker centers, and even at weddings. It just goes to show that it's kind of transcended, you know, beyond just being a $2 dish in the hawker center. It can be adapted across different you know, price levels, different contexts and settings. Very versatile. Great. Right. I think
1: what you mentioned there was so was so pertinent that if you were to take rooms, you've done lot of staycations in your life here, right? Not a lot, but some. <laughs> well, you've, you've done more than I have, uh, for sure. I've gone like one staycation with my wife I've gone in two. our lifetime. What's funny to me was that every time we go for a wedding, right, and then we have to stay in, like a day room, we we'll order room service and nasi lemak is usually on the menu yeah. for like things you can order in so to me that's saying a lot right? it's like what what is your front-facing product when you have guests from overseas or like people staying in a hotel it says a lot about what you want to promote as part of your culture even from a menu alone okay so we've talked about the fun part of like <laughs> nasi lemak, and we're recording this close to dinner time so I might have some change of plans in what <laughs> I'm going to eat but we're going to jump into the health implications now this is this is going to be pretty important lap in my eyes because uh, while it's one of the most fun dishes, in March 2016, Nasilamah was mentioned as one of the 10 healthy international breakfast foods by Time Magazine. Surprise! However, I, I think this opinion may be like a bit misleading. As the right might I have been referring to the dishes healthier and smaller versions. The and 2 comparing to, version, Correct, correct. And those I would say, you know, they are very good caloric intakes, right? Despite the fried nature, it's like a, just a little bit, which is the fish. Comparing it to the, the larger American breakfasts, uh, I can see why this would be relatively healthier, right? You think of American breakfasts as like your fried bacon, eggs, uh, your English breakfast, kind of like platters. Yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. relatively. This seems to pale in comparison. A single full-size serving of nasi lemak with additional fried chicken, meat or fish can be between 800 and well over 1,000 calories. The savory coconut milk-infused rice also contains saturated fat, an ingredient connecting to health problems, which uh, you know I'm not an expert of, but many people have said it includes diabetes. So, okay, just to put in perspective what 800 to 1,000 calories looks like essentially eating like double cheeseburger meal at McDonald's it's slightly less than
0: half your daily caloric intake
1: I can consume about 1900 calories at least from my last health checkup that's what I was told so if I eat Nasirma for dinner later yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm bursting that amount, for sure, yeah. for sure. It really comes down to what the condiments are, I feel, because a lot of fried elements go into this. Fried chicken wings, that one needs very little introduction
0: <laughs> of why it could be a oh, possible fried health chicken hazard. wings are so good. But it's so good. <laughs> so
1: good. I mean, we're not here to advocate for like, you know,
0: not to this eat them. This because... health promotion board sponsored podcast. Although, HBB. Hey, you're always
1: welcome to come in on our show to talk about the health hazards. But yeah, Rovick and I are foodies. So we're just here to share the good news. But it would it would be remiss to say that this isn't like something which is under the radar
0: for you know for the wider for the wider conversation. Speaking of good news why don't we share the good news of the list that we've collated of notable stalls in Singapore.
1: (laughs) Let's do this. Let's do this. The first one on the list, this is my personal favourite for many good reasons. Uh, This one is Changi Nasilamak, right? Established in the 1970s, Changi Nasilamak has been serving up their legendary Changi chilli alongside their fragrant coconut rice since their debut. Uh, After a well-deserved break, uh, Changi Nasilamak is making a comeback with more than three generations worth of experience. Uh, However, it is it's no longer at Changi
0: but they kept the name it's now at Bukit Batok right very common thing for Singaporean places to go to a completely different part but retain their original name so
1: you, you know some people might ask like what's so special about Changi Nasilamak compared to you know the other brands out there right? it's in- innovating and interesting toppings they bring to the table we already mentioned their sambal which is uh, something that brought them to fame at the beginning however I think I'm just going to mention some of my favourite bits of it la. there's this one that they offer called the spicy thigh I'm a sucker for the mix. Spicy in general. You know, SethLouis.com actually talks about a number of these stores. So, he was the first one to introduce and say like, hey, can you go and try this Changi Nasi Lemak? It's really, it's really shock It's got everything. The lemak in the rice is very apparent. But he said, because you like McSpicy so much, you try the spicy thigh. I was like, okay, I'll give it a shot. Yo, it's even better than <laughs> a McSpicy for me. Hence, I don't have these McDonald's cravings, dude. This is the one that I crave at night. This list is by Seth Louis, So, Oh, fantastic, fantastic. And the set for the spicy thigh is only $5.80. So guess what, McDonald's? Cheaper than a McSpicy meal, okay? And I think it goes very well with the sambal, lah, to be very fair. So that's the first one that I like. The second on our list is this place called Mizzy's Corner. Uh, Changi Village Hawker Centre, you know, is this famous battleground. We actually did mention this the last time. Like, uh, we've mentioned Changi Village Hawker Centre as being one of the hot spots. Uh, and one of the main contenders in this place for best stall is this place called Mizzy Corner Nasilamak. You can choose from a few different set meals here. Uh, there's the standard set A, which is only three fifty, dollars but it comes with fried egg, your favorite chicken wing, ikan bilis, and the sambal
0: chili. This is my favorite nacho show- <laughs> because the chicken wing is so good. They deep fry it. It's so juicy. And they even have excess bits of batter that hang off the chicken wing, making the skin extraordinarily crunchy. Is
1: this the one that it crumbles? So, like, the rice also has, like, bits of it, yeah. right? Yeah,
0: like, oh my gosh. It's so yeah, good. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Sometimes you eat Japanese food, like, tempura, right? Then those, those like, tempura flakes kind of, like, trickle into the rice oh, and they man. mix it up. Yeah, this is... Ex- That's why it reminds feel me so of... I so
0: frustrated that is all the way at, like, the side of Singapore.
1: Hey, sorry. Sorry, my dude. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of the big things about Mizzy's quarters, like... Nasi lemak, honestly, also like all a lot of these things on the list, usually, the rice is like a very mainstay component. A lot of people will talk about the rice, but what differentiates it, as Rovet you so pertinently pointed out, is certainly the chicken, which they actually fry with ginger, so you'll notice that they leave little bits of ginger in the bottom of their pot as they're frying it, which kind of gives it a bit of like a tangy taste um in, on the
0: inside. Well, you know, we talked about the East, there's actually one famous nasilamak stall in the West, and that's called. Bunle power nasi lemak. In fact, it's kind of an inside joke in Singapore where sometimes if you ask about what's the good food in the West, people just say, oh, it's Bunle Power Nasi lemak. That's, that's <laughs> the main one. But it is a big name in the Nasi lemak scene. It is also perhaps the most popular stall at Bunle Food Village. The ever-popular chicken set, Consists of a chicken wing, fried egg, it can be least, peanuts and sambal chili for only $3.50. And their fluffy coconut rice is paired with a sambal sauce that's sweet and comes with a decent kick of spice.
1: This is one that I haven't personally tried, but everyone's been trying to get me to go there. I have a direct bus to
0: Chagila. Oh, that's why
1: <laughs> I that's why I never really
0: us hey, it. Okay,
1: yeah. So viewers, let us know if we should ever do a food episode, right? Where we actually live record ourselves just tasting we food king? Is that... <laughs> no, 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 no <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't. I'm not a very good loser at these
0: things. We can book bang it and then like, hey, TikTok
1: has some content, you know what I'm saying?
0: <laughs> okay, so what's the next one on our list? Well, the next one is, we've already mentioned it, Salara Rasa Nasi Lemak. This is the one in Adam Road Food Centre. It offers an array of side dishes to go along. Uh, I remember going there because my school was right next to Adam Road Food Centre. Oh, right, yeah. All right, 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 right. They had they had all these w- interesting names. And for example, the Royal Flush, which is five dollars forty cents, includes fluffy and wonderfully fragrant basmati rice that's irresistible. Uh, it also has a tangy sambal that goes well, and it it has Ota burger deal, which is like a potato cutlet, uh, egg ikan bilis, and chicken wing. And yeah. it's uh, it's so famous that even the Sultan of Brunei is a fan. That's how good this place is. And you know, they've been so successful, right? Adam Road is right in the center of, of Singapore. So it's very accessible, but they decided to make it even more accessible by basically starting a fast food franchise called Crave. Crave. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and so, you know, if you go to some of the malls around Singapore, you can actually see Crave and you can get your, your really good Nasi mug. It's slightly pricier than the original Salara Rasa, but I guess they're, you know, they're trying to go into new markets. And of course, pricing is a big part of it. Let's move on. We have two more on this list before we can talk about some of our special mentions.
1: I guess like Rofik and I, we have our own favorites. Uh, Adiman is the next on this list. Now, if you're looking for something out of the ordinary, Adiman is the place to go. This one is located at Golden Mile Food Centre, which is also known as the army market, where they sell all the army goods on the second floor uh, of this place. So if you go... go uh, onto the first and basement, uh, you'll find um, Golden Mile Food Centre. Uh, this hawker store reinvents the classic nasi lemak by giving it their own spin. It's been on the pricier side, but the best seller is this thing called the Nasi Lemak cutlet. Which I, I'm a big fan of. Now this is seven dollars and fifty cents, which comes with a chicken cutlet that's really, really crispy. So it's a it's a deep-fried cutlet lah, so to speak. So no bones, you don't have to worry about it. You can you don't have to get your hands dirty, you just use your fork and spoon. Uh, it also includes a special salad that consists of quail, eggs, and grapes. Fancy. So you think like yeah, you think like quail, eggs and grapes sound very fancy, right? But somehow it feels very down to earth. The first time I was I was trying, I was like, whoa, whoa. this sounds very decadent, but it just blends so well uh, with the rice that they serve. Personally, I don't think it's the most fragrant of rice but because of the condiments, it kind of gels together and gives a really light and explosive taste in your mouth that lets you try a lot of different flavors at any point in time. Uh, you can even opt for like a generous coat of salted egg sauce for a dollar. I've not had that before. I didn't know that was an option. But now,
0: seems like another reason yeah, to go. Yeah, we're dishing the secret. This is the inside truth.
1: And I will say, for $7.50 you might think, yeah, a bit pricey, maybe that, you know there are a lot of other, it's a hawker center, there's a lot of dishes around. But if you're very hungry, this is super value for money because the proportions are huge on this thing. The last one that we have is uh, no stranger. This one is Pongo Nasilamak, not situated at Pongo uh, much anymore. <laughs> there are a few of these places that you can go to. Uh, one of them being at Katong. They have a franchise at Capital and City Hall. Yeah, I think Coven has one as well. The queue were always very long, lah. Uh, now that it's a franchise, you know Pongo Nasilamak is known uh, in touch as a Nasilamak heavyweight. They're set. Two, uh, which is kind of like the standard set. I don't know why it's not set one, but it's set two. Four seventy is like their hot favorite, which comes with the chicken wing, a sunny side up egg, which usually has a very gooey center. It, they're very consistent with the gooeyness of their of their egg yolk, which is just nice, right? Half cooked, half yolky uh, ikan bilis and sambal chili. While prices are relatively steep here because um the add-ons are generally on the higher side. So if you want to add the chicken wing, I think it's like three dollars or something like that. Many customers return for that particular juicy chicken wing as like a second side piece. I have I have a good friend who lives right behind the Pongo Nasi at uh, Tanjungkat. And he always goes there, buys like the base set, and just like pops up with three chicken wings. Easily comes up to like a
0: ten-dollar meal. I love the chicken wing at Oh my God. <laughs>
1: These are the few that if quintessentially, let's say you're 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 just thinking of having a nasilamak day out to recommend people, I would say this list covers bases for different kinds of nasilamak you might want to try, but sped across Singapore as well. So if you want to kind of be adventurous, this is a good place to start
0: if you don't know. Well, where to begin? So Elliot and I will give our special mentions now. This list is from Louis.com. Thank you, Seth Louis, for doing the research. And My man. <laughs> basically making it available for people like us to collate. There were a couple that are not on there. I guess this is a bit more hawker focused. The one that I thought to raise was the Coconut Club. And it's in Anxiang Hill. It started by, you know, a very nice family that decided that they wanted to elevate Singapore cuisine, the core of Nasi Lamak is still there, right? It's rice, ikanbili, sambal, but each of those things are delivered with quality ingredients intentionally made, uh, and their chicken pieces are huge, right? It's basically like full chicken pieces. It's a full meal. Every time I have Coconut Club, I can hardly finish my food, but the food is so good. And it's, it's, you know, you're just eating premium ingredients with your nasal amount. They've also been innovating. So they have all kinds of stuff that they keep bringing out. I know they had like one that was like a curry version, uh, recently as well. Uh, and I personally love their ota. If you are willing to spend less than $20, Coconut Club is definitely a place to go.
1: My special mention is something which uh, I've only found about probably in the last three, two years or maybe like a, just a year ago. I, I think it, maybe it was just pre-pandemic, I think. is this place called Bali Nasilama. Or, or they're also known as I Love Bali Nasilama. Very interesting place. It's in Geylang. Uh, you guys can just w- make a quick Google search for I Love Bali Nasilama. You'll find it. What makes them very special, if I want to go for like my traditional crispy chicken wing for sure. You know I'm heading down all the way to Changi. But what they have here is a ketchup manis style chicken wing that goes with their nasi lama. Now, very rare. I don't know any other place that has a ketchup manis style chicken wing. But this place, I can tell you, very generous. And their side dishes or, you know, the things that they can do for add-on for condiments is very interesting. The story obviously is that they has this like Balinese sort of like flavour to it. But they have this thing called sambal patai. Now, samapatai is not something that everyone will enjoy. I'm going to just like, you know, <laughs> give some forewarning. Uh, but it's this very bitter sort of like bean. You can get like the ketchup manis chicken drumstick set and add the Sama patai for a truly like Indonesian goreng style kind of like nasi lemak to go with it. So I do, you know, kind of like want to put it out there. I don't think they get
0: enough media love. Uh, very few people have covered them, but... Personally, eh, who knows? Any food King, I'm coming for you. That's our list and that's the history and evolution of Nasi Lemak and its importance to the Singapore identity. I'm pretty sure there's no debate that Nasi Lemak is important to the Singapore identity. Yes, started off in Malaysia, but it's here to stay. Let us know if you've missed any recommendations. Let us know if you've missed any good stalls that we should know. Elliot and I will definitely go and validate your, your recommendation. <laughs> but yeah, this was a fun episode, Elliot. No, it was great. One of the things that I'm thinking about for us to do during
1: our recap episodes which not that far off from now actually is uh, if you guys have suggestions we'll gladly like shout it out during that episode itself so you know share the good stuff uh, hopefully we can compile all these comments from, from our listeners and then by the time the review episodes come we have a whole slew of to dump there it was fun so uh, thanks for listening and tuning in for another episode of SG Explained follow us on our socials share this episode if you enjoyed it and uh, yeah keep on keep on tuning in we have a lot more good stuff